You're listening to Dropping Dimes. On the mic with you today is me, Brittany Johnson, Cedric Williams, Sasha Bloom. We've got another dope show lined up for you guys today. It's jam-packed. A little something for everybody. We've got former NBA and UCLA star Tracy Murray calling in. Got him on the line right now. We also have former Utah State Aggie Tyshawn Mosley stopping by the studio. Again, great show. Tracy Murray, what's going on? Thanks for having me on, Brett. How's everything? Pretty good. You've been uh, real busy lately. What What have you been up to? Well, lately it's been uh, UCLA basketball and uh, just uh, broadcasting their game. Uh, Sunday after uh, the Arizona trip, and I'll start my ABC gig doing post-game on, uh, for the NBA on Channel 7 locally, ABC 7. So uh, just broadcasting, that's all. That's pretty good. So you, a couple years, the last couple years actually have been really busy. You were the shooting coach with the Lakers. Uh, now you're an announcer with UCLA, so pretty busy. What has been um, – the best thing I say over your career, the best accolade you would say that you're most happy that you accomplished? That I'm an NBA champion. You know, the, the accolade when it comes to my job, that, I, that I'm a champion, a world champion. Um, that's the, the best thing that you can do in a pro sport. So to, to have that opportunity to even compete for a championship and then win it, I think that's the ultimate in a team sport. So I'm really proud of that, being part of the Houston Rockets' second championship team. Um, it, it, it was a great bunch of guys, and, and I really enjoyed the, the, the ride. We are we're, we want to talk to you about uh, what's going on with the NBA trade. Uh, NBA trade deadline coming up. I want to get your thoughts on a couple things. Um, February 8th is the deadline. We've already seen two significant moves. Blake Griffin being shipped to the Detroit Pistons. Nikola Mirachik heading to New Orleans Pelicans. Um, there have been rumors swelling around with big names such as Kimball Walker, DeAndre Jordan, George Hill. Have we seen the big moves already, or should we expect more? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, because you have to look at what are you going to – are you getting something to help you – down the line in the playoffs, or are you getting rid of something to start rebuilding? So that's that. That's what you know. The the major question is here. Um, I think the biggest trade it already happened with Blake. I think um, sending him to Detroit, and uh, you know, and, and you know, the Clippers getting getting their guys uh, out of that trade. Uh, I, I think it was kind of unexpected when it happened. That's why it was surprising to a bunch of people but I'm not surprised that it did happen because at some point I think after the the losses to OKC in the playoffs that's I mean Memphis in the playoffs that that was it you know they hit a wall they couldn't get past Memphis and, and, and they couldn't get over the hump with the team they had so you saw that J.J. Reddick was gone and uh you know Jamal Crawford and when those when guys started disappearing from the team you knew it was a matter of time before one of the major pieces were moved well Tracy this is Cedric here who do you think out of the rookies that have come in the past couple of years who who was destined to be the man after let's say LeBron hangs it up or Chris Paul or James Harden Kevin Durant right it's, it's tough because this generation is a different generation this is not a take take charge generation it's not a you know, an alpha male 
I'm going to go snatch me a spot generation, you know. So it's it's up for grabs for whoever wants it. And I, and I like the way Kyle Kuzma is attacking it. You know, he's attacking it like, you know, I'm not just cool to be here. I'm trying to get something done. So I, I like how he's attacking it. I like how uh, the kid in Boston um, went to Duke. I, I like how he's attacking it. Tatum. You know, he's a, he's a pretty doggone good player. You know, those guys have something in the bag that that can, you know, you can possibly be the guy. They have all kinds of scoring arsenal and different ways of scoring. See, that's how I know that you and I are from the same era because I say this every day of my life. When I teach kids, talk to kids, coach kids, whatever. So I'm a 90s guy from Memphis, Anthony Hardaway, Todd Day, all those guys. So it's like kids these days – they want to do the mixtapes and YouTube, and it's about ball Instagram. handling. Yeah, Instagram, shooting threes and all that. Nobody wants to dunk on anybody. No one, nobody wants to meet a guy at the rim and block his shot, embarrass him in front of his family, stuff like that. Why has that culture changed, do you think? Because it's, 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 these kids aren't mentally tough anymore. I mean, you thought Alonzo Mourning cared about getting dunked on? He blocked far many shots than he got dunked on. But he got a shove being dunked on. You know, he was on the highlights on Sports Center. Matumbo was on the highlights on Sports Center getting dunked on. But their job was to protect the rim and block shots. And on the other end, they were to put you in the rim. You know, and, and you got this new, you know, analytic style take three point shots instead of twos. It's, you know, it's just messing the game up. It, it's it's making bigs go out and shoot a bunch of jump shots. Yeah, it frees the lane up for LeBron. It frees the lane up for James Harden and Steph Curry and those guys that, that can get to the rim. But at the same time, you're dealing with people who aren't efficient at shooting three-point shots. I remember back in the day, we you know we only shot three, four threes a game. If we were hot, we shot more than that. And, and we could shoot. The guys that couldn't shoot it weren't allowed to shoot it. You never saw Ben Wallace step out there and shoot a three-point shot. It wasn't, you know, he knew what his role was. Now you open it up for everybody to do it, and then you have percentages are down. You have very few people that are shooting 50% in the league. You have very few people that are shooting 40% from three or 90% from the free throw line. What's going on with the fundamentals of the game? It's still important. It's still relevant. It's still relevant. That's that's my problem with the game. I heard NBA analyst Mark Stein refer to the offensive rebound as a luxury item. Yes, that that made me sad. And if yeah, you yeah, if no one's rebounding, there's going to be no toughness. There's going to be no competitiveness. Right, right. And then then you look at if your big is thirty feet away from the basket, how is he going to get a rebound? So Tracy. When did you start seeing this shift in, you know, the toughness from when you played to, I guess, I sometimes I just call the basketball players now social media stars. Was it the, the right. Euro? Was it the Euro transition, you think? Maybe. Or, or the Palace the, fight? That's when the flopping started. It started with the flopping. So it might have been the Euro invasion with the flopping. Now, don't get it twisted. Those guys are fundamentally sound, and they can play. But... When you have a Dirk Nowitzki who's really a perimeter player at seven feet come in, and he's great. He's great at what he does. And he can post up, believe it or not, what people don't even look at. He can post up. 
you have guys who are athletic and strong that can't even post up nowadays. So if you're if you're athletic, face the guy up in the post and use your quickness to get to where you need to go and shoot a jump hook or dunk on somebody or spin off of them and power it up. I mean, guys don't even have footwork anymore. Well, where does that start? Who, if we can put a blame on, you know, whose fault it is that we're not teaching the kids the fundamentals these days, where do we start? Where do it we start, put the blame? It starts at the grassroots level because high school coaches don't coach anymore. You're not getting any type of coaching unless you go to a private school. Public schools, they, they can't afford to pay coaches anymore. They take away PE programs and all that stuff. People don't have basketball camps anymore. Their ideas of basketball camp is roll the ball out, make a bunch of teams, bring scouter, scouting report people in the gym and let them play 20 games while they're there. That's not a camp. That's an evaluation period. That has nothing to do with teaching fundamentals of the game. Do high school coaches, not speaking for all high school coaches, but maybe are some thinking, what's the point? Let me just do my job. No one's coming to scout these guys anyway. They're all going to AAU games to scout right. the, the top right. talent. Yeah, that, that, is the, that is what's going on. You know, I know that happened to my high school coach. You know, it's like the coaches stopped talking to him and started talking to my AAU coaches. So he's like, well, what's the point of having a relationship with college coaches or, or, or putting my energy in? Number one, the point is it's your job to do that. It's your job to make sure you win basketball games, you teach these kids, and you make sure they're prepared to go to college and, and be efficient. So, you know, it is their, you know, it's, it's their responsibility to have a basketball camp attached to their program where they're teaching kids in the area so when they come to their program, they're ready to go. And when they leave there, they're ready for college. Do you think coaches will look down upon if they try to shift it back to fundamentals and, you know, getting kids to do things from the, you know, from the ground up instead of the easy way? Well, it's, it's going to be tough because these kids focus it's for about five seconds. And if you go back to fundamentals, fundamentals is not the most glamorous thing in the world. It's, it's boring to most of these kids, these video game kids. You know, it's boring to them to go shoot a thousand shots a day the same way, the same routine. I did that as a kid. That's how I got better. That's how I knew I could knock down shots in certain areas is because I did the same thing. Repetition, it, it, it creates consistency. And if you don't do that, then how are you going to say you can knock down a three-point shot when you don't even know your shot? How can you adjust your shot on a miss if you don't know how to adjust your shot? This is all stuff that you learn as a kid going through the basic checks on your form in a basketball camp. So I'm going to use Steph Curry as an example here. We have everyone, you know, is just loving Steph Curry, the craze where he can just shoot from anywhere. He can make a shot from outside the court, anywhere on the court, whatever. So I think when kids see that, they see the, oh, my God, I just want to jack up a three. I want to be able to shoot from anywhere. But they're not seeing the videos of Steph Curry in the gym shooting those thousand shots to, to be able to do that. Maybe if we have our athletes today start posting more, uh, you know, on their social media about them being in the gym and their work ethic besides just them 
showing them shooting a three from outside the freaking court, you know, that, that would help. Yeah, I think Sports Center killed all of that too, you know, because they only show those shots. They don't show, you know, a guy warming up before the game. This is where he starts his shot, right underneath the basket. But, you know, Steph Curry, I've been knowing that kid since he was a little dude. I played with his dad in Toronto. He was shooting the basketball thousands of times a day when he was a kid. That's where it starts. And he was shooting it the correct way with the correct form. Elbow in, hold your follow through, proper arch on the shot. So when you get to the pro level, that's when you start practicing off-balance shots and, and, and quick trigger shots and shots from 35 feet because you've mastered the fundamental of the, of the shot and you can knock down a 10-foot shot on a consistent basis, a 15-foot shot on a consistent basis, all the way out to 20 feet or, or, or a three-point range. Now you can step it back and, and start working on something else because inc- increase your range a little bit more because you have mastered all of that. That's what they don't understand. They, he's mastered all of that before he moved out there. How difficult is it on a Pac-12 coach like Coach K here in Utah who wants to teach fundamentals and slow down an offense and have sets around the three-point line and all the kids want to do is drive to the hoop like the successful teams like Oregon? I imagine for someone like Coach K who wants to teach a man to become a great basketball player, it's very difficult in this time. Extremely difficult because you look at Coach K, you look at Offer, you look at guys that that are coaching, most of those guys come from the era that I played in or they were a little bit before me. And it was all about fundamentals. Yes, you had your you had everybody on the team had their role. Shooters shoot, rebounders rebound, big fellas play inside, defenders defend, everybody give a hundred percent effort and we'll win the game. Nowadays, you got all the everybody trying to be a complete player. So you got smalls trying to post up, bigs trying to be smalls, and everybody's in everybody's lane. So how are you going to tell somebody to play a role if they don't even know what their lane is? Or you or the fan base? How are you going to get a fan base to understand the product when it's confusing to watch? Well, you can learn what the system is within practice. That's not the problem. The, the confusion with the fans when it comes into play is if you have a bunch, if you recruit a bunch of one and done players and they leave and you have a new crop coming in every year, that's where it gets confusing and, 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 and frustrating to the fans because you don't know who these kids are. You don't, you don't, you don't build a relationship with them. You don't see them grow. You don't see their games grow. You don't get to know what the kid can do and what he can't do because they're gone before you even get a chance to even see them. That's where the frustration come in with the fans. And I, and I, and I feel their frustration. I understand it because I, as an analyst and as a broadcaster, I'm saying, why is this kid leaving? He's clearly not ready. I've been on that level, played on that level for 12 years in a, in a very good era, the golden era. So what are these kids seeing and what are these kids hearing to think that they're one and done and they're not even close to one and done? These, I think these so-called experts, scouts, analysts need to stop telling these kids they're one and done because they're clearly not ready. So, is the one and done hurting the NBA? It's hurting the NBA. It's hurting college. And every high school kid that's being ranked high are delusional. They don't understand 
that I still have to work on my game. I can't come into college and play the same way I'm playing right now and then leave college and go into the NBA and play the same way I'm playing right now and be successful. To me, college you is... To grow your, you have to grow your game. And that's where, to me, you do that in college. You learn how to be nutritional. Like, you learn the nutritional uh, things that you need for your body to get to that next yeah. level. You are learning yeah. how to bench press. You're learning how to do all of that. Like, Kevin Durant couldn't even right. bench press his own weight. Like, I, to me, that's just kind of sad. I can't well, bench press my going, own, that, but... That was me going into high school. I mean, from high school to college. I couldn't bench my own weight either. So I, that's where I had to learn how to get stronger, learn how to use my body. Learn how, you know, to be a young man. And to build relationships with women and friends and professors. and exactly. You can't be a kid going into a man's sport and and succeed. I mean, it it took Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, Jermaine O'Neal, Kevin Gardner. It took all of those guys three years before they became who they were. So kind of so, on that same level. So, so, so you think you won and done and you think you're better than these guys that took them three years? So kind of on that same level, Tracy, how do you feel about LeVar Ball talking about he wants to start a league of all these one and dones that don't want to go to college and can play in his league for a year and then jump to the NBA? I, I don't see that working. It's not a good idea, and I don't see it working. This is, to me, I think it's really simple of, of what – what you need to do to restore basketball on the college level and the NBA level. It's really simple. And the NBA have to sit down with USA basketball and the NCAA and iron this thing out. Basically, if you want to go from high school, let them go. But put their behinds in the D League. Let them earn the NBA. See, this is an entitled generation where they feel like you're supposed to hand them something. Make them earn the NBA. Okay, you want to leave and you want to be one and done or you want to go right from high school, go ahead. You can do that. Go to the, D, go to the G League and earn your way to the NBA. And then if you stay in college, you stay for at least three years. Now you give the college fans what they want. They get to win. They get to see uh, their, their, their team grow over the years. They get to be proud of, 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 of their team in March Madness. They get to know every kid on the team and watch them grow. You get the fan satisfaction again with college. And, and the coach satisfied. The coaches will be satisfied because they know what they're getting every year. I work in broadcasting like you do, too. Do you worry about the G League being on television so much and – money going up for players in the G League and that that might become a competitive space for against the NCAA? If it is, you get the people out that don't want to be there in the first place. Yeah. And then you get, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the second-tier kid. Look at the second-tier kid right now in the NCAA. That, that are juniors and seniors in college, they're winning. Villanova wins every year because they have second-tier guys. They have juniors and seniors every year. That's why they're in the final, the top five every year. Yeah, you got a couple of teams with, with, with one-and-done guys that, that do well, but then you got teams with one-and-done guys that fall short because, you know, they need experience on the court in order to win in certain situations. And those who've been there, they'll know how to win. 
So experience is so important, and I think it's just so underrated. Everybody thinks, go get this talented one-and-done guy, and we're going to win. No, you have to have experience. And leadership. Yes. So you being an NBA champion, uh, being in the league for so long, being, you know, breaking up uh, those accolades at UCLA, how did you find success? I found success by having great veterans and following their lead. I had Clyde Drexler in Portland in my young days when I didn't know what I was doing as a professional. You know, he took me under his wing and he told me the right way of doing things. And I went in a trade with him to to Houston with another great veteran, Hakeem Olajuwon, who talked to me every day. Mario Ellie was a veteran on that team that talked to me every day. You know, these guys helped me along. And I'm either going to take the teaching or I'm not going to listen to them and fail. So I was one of those guys that, you know, yeah, I knew I was good. Sometimes I was a little stubborn, but you got to you got to take those nuggets that they give you and you got to apply it. If you don't apply it, you're going to be one of those guys that are three years and out done after the rookie salary, after, after the rookie uh, uh, contract, you'll be done. That's what my thing was. I learned from some really good vets. Playing with those guys, what were those practices like? Well, it depends. The Portland Trailblazers practice, like at the beginning of the season, we practiced hard, training camp in the beginning of the season. But once we got to, you know, the first quarter of the season being done, and, 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 uh, you know, practices got real light because of, you know, you've got guys logging a lot of minutes that are up there in age that can't practice every day. So now it becomes three-on-three games or anybody that knows how to develop players, you get with that coach and you you work every day and do extra stuff. Or else you don't don't progress. And I think that's why the NBA hires a lot of uh, uh, skill development people now to sit behind the bench because when you get all of these kids that don't know how to play that are coming into the league and – you can't just have them sitting on the bench and the veterans that are playing, you know, you're not practicing and have those guys stand around. you got to develop those guys. So that's why you have like a whole row of coaches behind the bench now who are skill, skill developers. How do you handle being traded? Because now when, when, we're, <laughs> when we're going through the trades now, you have like Blake Griffin. He said he found out on social media. There was no social right. media for you guys back then like that. Um, and now guys, to me, they're kind of soft because you have these younger players who can't handle saying, okay, you know, my time here is done next team. It's just like, like with uh, Kyrie Irving, like, oh, I heard that I was going to be traded supposedly, you know, so I want out. They don't like me. I, I'm going to go before they hurt me. Right. That's, that's, that's the business, you know, and, and that's what you got to understand coming in that, you know, you got to look at it this way. If you're traded for, you have value. You, you got to look at that you're valuable. If, if you're not, you know, if, if, I know you're happy to be in certain places. Like, like for example, I'm going to give you my, my Portland uh, trade. We're in Dallas. I had no idea. My agent didn't even contact me, let me know anything that was going on. I go over early all the time, three hours before the game, and work on my shot and my, you know, work on my game before the rest of the guys get there. I'm walking out onto the floor. I'm in my uniform and my sweats. I went and grabbed the basketball off the rack, 
and a guy that was at the scorer's table that was happened to be there earliest, me and this guy. And he goes, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here early to go get some extra work. He goes, you just got traded. I'm like, what? So I ran to the locker room. This was the first version, the flip phones. <laughs> the first version of cell phones back then. So I called Clyde. Clyde's like, Joker, where you at? I'm on the plane. So I had to take a cab from the arena, Reunion Arena at the time, all the way to the airport and and run for the flight like OJ used to do. <laughs> and, and I barely made the flight, and Clyde is sitting there on the plane laughing at me. He goes, you didn't know about it? I'm like, no, I didn't know about it. So that was my trade, the, my very first trade. Well, actually, it wasn't my first trade, but it was the first actual trade that I've been through as a player in the league. My first trade, I was traded twice on draft day, so I really felt like I wasn't wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. you touched on something a, a minute ago. You said three-on-three, three, you know, is the basis of fundamentals. What do you think kids could learn a lot by playing those during the summer? Yes, I, I we do it in our training with the. My brother has a prodigy program, an AAU program, in which I just left the group training just now uh, before getting on the podcast with you guys, and and we teach everything fundamental, everything. And we when we play three on three, we have three different games that we play. We have three on three, no dribble, so the kids learn how to move without the ball. They learn how to L cut if they're denied, go back door. Uh, you know, go away, screen away, come back, back. You know, the simple fundamental movements of basketball. Number two, one dribble. So you get one dribble off of that, you know, and then you still have to move without the basketball. And then we have unlimited dribbles. That's when the game gets floppy. When we finally go to unlimited dribbles and everybody gets the dribble, now everybody stops moving and they start standing. That's the problem with today's basketball is you have one guy dribbling air out the ball, four guys standing, and no one moving. And, and you know, honestly, that's boring. Well, talking about guys just standing, one guy moving, I know you're old, but I want to take you back to 1989. Can you remember back that far? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can remember back that far. <laughs> Playing for Glendora wow. High School. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just saying. You're playing for Glendora High School, Division II championship, uh, championship game against Menlo Atherton. Scored 64 points, not only tying your career high, also matching the record held by former Golden State Warrior Rick Barry. Your team lost by six. So my question is, why on earth did you pass the ball because your team couldn't score? <laughs> well, you have to get your teammates involved in order for the whole team not to be guarding you. Now, during that season, I've faced boxing ones, triangle and twos, uh, uh, you know, man-to-man, matchup zones, two people on me in the area. I've, I've faced all of that the whole year. But when you're facing a team that have four D1 guys and a guy that ended up playing for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, so you have a big physical guy. You know, it's it's hard. And you're in the biggest game of your high school career. You know, some of those guys on my team weren't built for that. 
you know, they were just guys that were just happy to be on varsity and, and they're popular around schools in the little bubble of Glendora, you know, and I, I had bigger aspirations than that. So it was like, if, if you're not on this bus, you got to move out the way and I'll do it. That's just how I was in high school. Um, and that game, I looked in everybody's eyes. There was only one person that wasn't scared. <laughs> and that was our, our quarterback. You know, he ended up getting hurt. He was our quarterback of our football team. His name was J.J. Laughlin. He ended up, uh, he was, uh, gotten a scholarship to Illinois, but the fall that he took in the first quarter of the game, he got low bridge with a guy trying to take a charge. It affected his football career, but that was the only guy that wasn't scared. And he couldn't really help me because he got hurt and he was limping the rest of the games. He, he just wasn't there. He couldn't help. So I, I knew then, all right, strap on. I, I gotta. I, I can't get tired. I gotta go the whole distance by myself, unless somebody's got an easier basket. Then, then I'll try to give them an easy look. So let me ask you this: I have a, a good buddy here who's a UCLA guy, LA guy, and I, I really can't stand UCLA because I'm a Memphis guy. <laughs> um, well, sure, you guys beat us. What you mad about? Well, not back in '77, '76. When Walton went off for thirty for thirty field goals, or whatever it was, but oh, t- so you holding a grudge from that? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. It's the last time Memphis was on TV. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so Papa Joe wanted me to ask you, what was it like at Poly Pavilion playing those summer games, playing oh, pickup? Wow. Those were legendary. I mean, my first day on campus, I was 17 years old. I just graduated from high school. I'm going up there. I'm moving into my dorm. And it's like, all right, get down to the gym and go play. It's this Magic Johnson uh, Midsummer Night Magic Weekend, and they're having the game at UCLA. So the pickup games are crazy that day. I walk up in there and see everybody from Barkley, Drexler, Ewing, Isaiah, Mark Aguirre, Dominique Wilkins. I'm sitting there like Magic Johnson. I'm like, holy moly. I, I was I was like starstruck. But then at the same time, my dad taught me, you make your name on the big people. So I was excited to get on the floor against those greats. And, you know, and, and, and one thing that I had to check myself on in those games, they didn't know me. So I come out there and, you know, hit a couple shots and, you know, catch fire and think I'm doing something out there. Got to understand that this is off season for a lot of them. A lot of them are on vacation and they're not sharp yet. So if you go out there and you think you're doing something and then later on you come out there and see them when they're in shape playing for their team, it's a different guy that you're playing against. But, the you know, those guys were extremely competitive, whether they were in shape at the time or not. You know, a game of seven was like an NBA championship game. Guys were fouling. Dudes were, were going at it. There were trash being talked. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed those legendary runs at UCLA. What do you what do you think about the John Wooden patch that's been put on UCLA jerseys this year? I think it's appropriate. It's been on the jersey since uh, Coach Wooden passed, and I think I think it's appropriate. They should be on the jerseys. You know everything that Coach Wooden has done for 
you know, he's the founding father of that program, man. He's the one that put the Bruins on the map. If it wasn't for all the legendary teams that he coached, no one would be talking about UCLA. So I think it's appropriate. And I know we got to let you go soon, but I have two more things that I want to talk to you about. You just mentioned you were excited to get on the floor and play against these greats. Right. Now we're seeing people who want to play together with the greats and create super teams. How how does that sit with you? You want to play against these people to show that you can hang with them, you're better than them, and you want to win. At the end of the day, you want to be a champion. But now you're stacking your team, and you got all champions on one team. This is the crazy thing, because if you look back to when I was a kid, there were super teams then. Boston was a super team. The Lakers was a super team. Philadelphia was a super team. But the bottom line was they did it through the draft. They didn't do it through free agency where guys say, I'm coming to play. You would never see Magic Johnson say, I'm going to play with Larry Bird. Or Isaiah saying, I'm going to play with Magic. And they were best friends. You never saw that. The people that were the stars of their teams, they stayed put and tried to win a championship with the guys they had. I don't under I, I would never understand franchise guys moving to go play with another franchise guy. I, I, I would never understand that. So tell LeBron when you see him, because he says he never created a super team. Tell him I said he did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? I got I got love and respect for LeBron. You know, I think, no, I think everything that that he has done as a player, you can't erase that. You know, I mean, this is a guy that has a chance at getting Kareem's record. He has a chance to literally be king. Uh, the things that he does at that size, he's a hybrid. He, I think he's the first hybrid that we've seen. He's a hybrid of a Carl Malone and a Michael Jordan with, with, with Magic Johnson. He's a hybrid. You know, and you got to give credit what credit's due whether you like him or you don't. You know, the, the kid is, is a special player. It's even more so because he's really the first mega superstar that grew up on social media and has dealt with that hype and the 24-hour yeah. media circus since he was 15 years old. Well, you saw this kid come in at 18, 19 years old and be the face of a franchise. Yeah. I mean, the kid literally could play. He was averaging 19, 20 a game as a rookie, 19-year-old rookie. I mean, he was fresh out of high school doing this stuff. You can't talk. You know, people are entitled to say what they want, but the kid is great. You got to tip your hat to the kid. How much pressure does that put on uh, Zion Williamson being that hybrid type? It puts a lot of pressure on him because when this social media age – you know, you're seeing people making plays and being hyped up since they're in sixth, seventh grade. Now, are you going to, and, and I, I have love for this person that I'm going to say, so it's not a, like a ding on him or anything. Are you going to be a Shea Cotton and not live up to that potential or the hype that they built up for you? Or are you going to, you know, take that pressure, continue to grow your game, and be that guy. 
You're either going to – when you're in this situation where you have so much eyes on you, you're either going to pass or fail. There's no in-between. That's the pressure that they have to deal with. Okay, so last question for me as we wrap up with you. There's been a lot of talks leading up to the Super Bowl, Tom Brady versus Michael Jordan. Who's the GOAT? Who's more epic? Can you compare the two? Do you compare the two? And if you do, who's more epic? No, I, I don't compare the two. It's two different sports. Um, they're both, you know, the GOAT in, in their sport. And, and you know, I, I, as much as I love Michael Jordan and, and he took the next game to the stratosphere, I still think everybody's chasing Kareem. That's just my opinion. I, I still think Kareem is the GOAT until otherwise. Um, but but Tom Brady, uh, it's hard to bet against that guy. He's 40 years old and he's playing like he's 25. It's like he still has his arm. He can put the ball where it needs to be put. As long as that line is, is, is blocking for him, he's going to kill you. Well, last actually, last question, <laughs> even though my last one was the last one. LeVar uh, La- La- Ball versus Tracy Murray. Who's winning one-on-one? Never lost. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Who's winning? <laughs> Who's winning? Hold yes. y'all Cali guys. So. I, got, I got paid to play this game. He ain't going to But here's another thing. We've already had this thing before, so I'm not. we don't need to even talk about it. You know, we, we my team has played his team, and we smoked them every time. So I, I – I, We've played in, in, in local, like, grown man leagues. So that's why that's why I know better. You know, so, I mean, I think all the talking was to help build his brand, and he knows how to get everybody's attention. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a plus for him. That's dope. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for calling in. Really appreciate your time. Congratulations on your new gig with ABC7. No problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hope to be on again. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Where you gonna run to? All on that day, will I run to the rock? All right, we're back. Dropping dimes. Cedric Williams here with Sasha Bloom and Brittany Johnson. And our next guest on the mic is Tyshawn Mosley, offensive lineman that used to play for Utah State, just finished up at Portland State, getting ready for the NFL draft. What's going on, Tyshawn? What's up? So, what are you most excited about with, with these workouts coming up? I've been waiting on this opportunity for a while now, so I'm just excited that it's finally here. I've always been told you got to trust the process, and I've trusted the process, and now my time's finally coming, so I'm just I'm ready to get on the road and get it going. You have that draft day outfit picked out? Almost definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I, I don't know if I'm going to get drafted. Even I You do, are going to get drafted. I just need my shot, man, whether it's I get drafted, whether it's free agent signing, I just, I just need my shot. That's it. Hey, uh, let's bring that mic up to your face a little bit more. Dropping dimes. <laughs> Dropping dimes. <laughs> so you went to Jordan High School. Mm-hmm. What was that whole process like uh, picking a school coming from Salt Lake City? Uh, of course, you got Utah, mm-hmm. BYU, SUU. Well, actually, State. it was it was it was pretty easy for me because Utah State was one of the first schools that recruited me. They started recruiting me uh, in my junior year. They offered me 
going into my senior year. They also like pretty much at the end of my junior year, that's when they offered me. And they were real loyal to me. They always been loyal to me. And of course, after my senior season, I had a pretty big senior season. Um, a lot of a, a couple other schools came along, but like I said, I'm just a, I'm a, I go by loyalty. They were the first ones to show me love. Um, they stuck by my side. Uh, they're always calling to see how I was doing. They'd come home visits. They'd come by the school. So for me, it was pretty easy. I stuck with Utah State. Is this Gary Anderson? Is this Wells? Yeah, at first, it was Gary Anderson that recruited me. He offered me a scholarship, and then so my, that's a major deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It was. It was. He was a good coach. I was really excited to play for Were him. Were you pissed when he left? I, I wasn't pissed because at the end of the day, it's a business, so we got to look after himself and his family. But I was just kind of bummed that I didn't get to play for him because I know how good of a coach he was. Yeah. So. We talk a lot on the show about um, maybe it's hard to get a lot of guys and women to come to play sports here in Utah uh, because of the state, whatever the case may be. Um, why, again, I know you were offered a scholarship, but what was it really like? Were you just like, ooh, Utah? I, I really don't know about this. Or were you just all open ears, all arms just coming in? No, I was for sure all open ears. Um. I I listened to everyone, what everyone had to say. I, BYU came on late, so I listened to what they had to say. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a scholarship to Utah, the University of Utah, but I did get one to Utah State. So, but like you said, the the state of Utah in general, they do get overlooked for sports, and uh, Utah State does a real good job of in-state recruiting, and that's one thing that they really do. And now that uh, Kalani Sataki's at BYU, they're starting to do that as well, and I think that Utah. The University of Utah overlooks the kids in Utah because they're Pac-12, so they try to go get all these big-name stars. And when really, if they looked in-state, you could see that they we do have some talent here. We do have some guys that can ball. Do we take too many uh, athletes from California? Uh, you can't. I mean, you do have athletes in California, like, but it, like you said, Utah they're going to go after the Pac-12 guys because there's more competition in there. But like I said, I think they could still. St- stay in state and find some big ballers here that could play at that level as well. So ultimately you're dismissed from Utah state. Mm -hmm. How did you choose your next school? Um, I took a couple of visits and it was just one, one that school that would fit me. One that I think I could uh, just go there and have a new fresh start. And the coaches gave me a second chance. I was really blessed with that. Um, I love the team. I love the team commodity. They opened me with welcome arms. Um, I love the coaching staff. And uh, I know that my two seasons there didn't go how we wanted, but I was really blessed for that opportunity. I'm thankful for Portland State for giving me that. What was that process like mentally for you? It was real hard, man. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. But I always live by everything happens for a reason. Um, And unfortunately, it did happen, but it's helped me become mentally tough. It helped me become person i am today and i'm just blessed for it i got kicked off a couple of sports teams <laughs> growing you up. know what that hold on not just so you know me. i don't know if you've listened to the show before but there's every a lot week. of things that sasha he drops a lot of every stuff that we week. don't know mm-hmm. about so his life hold on let's, so let's bring him up to speed let's, let's bring right. him yeah. up get to your speed. notebook out the yeah. first week it, oh i got it all right here yeah okay. the first week it was japanese wrestling yeah okay. then he's told what he tells he got arrested for something in high school, things happen, sir. Yeah, exactly. oh, you don't have to tell me. You do not have to tell me. What's on me? Yeah, all right, Shaggy. So, so now that we're kind of up to speed here, go ahead, Sasha. Yeah. Well, how did you get were kicked you off? Were you in? I don't. I don't. How did I get kicked off? Yeah, doing what? Uh, large amounts of marijuana and oh, getting arrested. Yeah, yeah, that would do it. 
and the coach <laughs> having a zero policy for drug dealers. That Deal- was dealers, dealings. Yeah, oh, dealings, dealings. Oh, <laughs> All right, Derek, for real. It's, it happens. You get caught up in bad situations. You're a good athlete. You get attention, and right. uh, you have no money. And it's a great, you know, being in the drug business as an athlete is a easy thing to fall into. The crazy thing is, it happens way more than people are aware. Oh yeah, it's really unfortunate. And it's not just drugs. It's partying. It's getting a DUI. It's right. Um, right. doing bad in school. There's so many scenarios of butting your head as you grow up. Right. Well, maybe we should pay our athletes. No, that's the last thing you should do. They're getting great educations. You know, but then you don't have to be selling drugs. They have drugs. more See, money for alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Yeah. You got more money. And you should get more tattoos. Yeah, more more tattoos. money, more, more problems. Yeah, more money, yeah. more problems. Exactly. But were you, I wasn't embarrassed when I got in trouble. I wasn't mad at myself. That happened several years mm-hmm. down the road. Mm-hmm. My thing was like, uh, F these guys, I'm moving on. You obviously had a humility if you went on to a different school and recommitted your focus and had to earn a spot with a new team as an older player. Was that humbling for you? Were you humble when you, I don't know, you, like I said, I don't know what happened to you, but you made a mistake. Were you oh, I was, mad, angry, humbled? Like I was mad, but I was mad at myself uh-huh. for not doing the right things I was supposed to be doing. Uh, when I got to Utah State, I registered in my, uh, my first year up there in 2013. And then three games into my rest of your freshman year, I was starting. I started all the whole rest of the season, and then I got in trouble again, got suspended for my first two games of the uh, my rest of your sophomore season. So, again, I was just not doing the sp- things I was supposed to do. But at the end of the day, it did. It humbled me. It humbled me a lot. And no matter what you have, it could be taken from you like that. So yeah. you got to do the right things. You got to on and off the field. And that's one thing I've been learning. You can't just – be a good player on the field. You, to be a really great player on the field, you got to make sure you're doing all the right things. It's off a the 24 field. hour dedication. Even to play and suit up for 12 games a year, exactly. you can't be out at the club on a random Friday night or. Moose Lounge. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> you can't do it. If Shout you want to get to the Utah NFL, you can't do it. Lounge. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, not going into exactly what happened, but. Who do you blame yourself? Was it a lack of, you know, uh, someone watching over you? What yeah, I blame myself for sure. I had all the resources trying to help me. I had my family reaching out to me, coaches trying to help me, friends uh, reaching out to me. But at the end of the day, it's me. I'm a, I was growing at the time. I make my decisions, and I just had to live with those consequences. So I don't blame anyone but myself. So what do you tell athletes, you know, coming up, going from high school, making the transition to college? Because – in a sense, you are by yourself. You are becoming a man. You're becoming a woman. You know, you're an adult now making mm-hmm. adult decisions. What do you, if you can give someone some advice, what would you say? I just, when you go into college, just use all your resources. Use the people helping you. Uh, listen to them. Let them guide you because it is hard. You're coming from high school. You're still a kid and you get into college and you're on your own. You don't have your parents no more. So you have to make decisions that are going to be best for you. And it's when you're on your own, it's so easy to make the wrong decisions. But there's, there's bigger things, too. You're in great shape. Mm-hmm. All athletes are. Most definitely. You're put on a pedestal that can and cannot be earned. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that there are an academia minds that don't deserve to be put on that pedestal that athletes are. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the women have guys chasing them. The girls have guys chasing them. You're on TV. You're get the best food, you get the best nourishment. It, there's almost, it almost fuels your ego and the megalomania that 
can happen to certain athletes. And at the end of the day, after a certain time, the students don't care. The girlfriends and boyfriends don't care. The professors don't care. It's strictly up to you. And for me, it was really hard because I wanted to go party. I wanted to go smoke blunts. I wanted to go stay up way late at night and have a good time like the rest of my peers were doing. And it's a real catch-22 being a high-level college athlete. Because you can't do that. You, you can't have, do You that. have a whole different life. Mm-hmm. They don't have to get up at practice. And they don't understand exactly. it either. Exactly. And they tease you about it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you're you're a punk because you ain't going to this party. It's like, man, I'm trying to make a career for myself. Most definitely. Yeah. Now, so, oh, go ahead. No, getting ready for, you know, all the interviews that you're going to have to go through with the mm-hmm. NFL teams mm-hmm. and um, their GMs and personnel directors. What is your biggest, the biggest thing you want them to know about you? Is that um, I'm not the same person that I was a couple of years ago. I'm a totally different person. My mind has changed. I think I've grown a lot physically, mentally. Um, I've learned from my mistakes. They've humbled me a lot. And I know what place I was in to when I got everything taken away from me. I know what I did to do all that, and I'm not going to do that no more. Like, say they ask you, so what makes you different from a Josh Cribs? Um, like you said, you could always, you could tell them as much as you want. Right. But at the end of the day, actions, I, actions speak louder than words, obviously. And my two years at Portland State, I haven't gotten in trouble. I stayed out of the trouble. I just st- stuck to football and stuck to school. And so I think that kind of shows I, if I would have gotten in some trouble at Utah or Portland State after leaving Utah State, then they're going to be like, okay, this guy hasn't changed. But after those two years, two and a half years, I was at Portland State. I haven't gotten in trouble. I've kept my record clean. Right. You excited for the prospect of playing in the NFL? Or are you nervous? Or no. um, no, I'm not really nervous. I'm excited. Uh, this has been a dream I've set out to be uh, set out as a kid. I know every every kid has that, but now it's actually here. It's right in front of me, and I can actually go do it. I've been told I could do it, and but at the end of the day, it's up to me. It's up to me. I, but no, I'm not. I'm not really nervous. You mean to tell me you're excited? Hey, rookie, go over there and give me my jock strap. <laughs> Get all my bags. And, but not too but many people get that opportunity. <laughs> but that's what comes as being a rookie, right? Man. Like, right. You, you got to go. Like I say, you got to go through the whole process. Right. So I'm not. Hey, if I'm up there, I have to carry everyone's pads, or I'm still there. I'm excited. Right. Like I'll, I'm excited to be there. I'm gonna live the moment. So I'm, with the girls, have they start hitting you up? Like, oh, uh oh, he's going to the NFL. <laughs> What's up, baby? Oh, of course they're always there. But man, I'm not even focused on that. I'm just focused on the things I need to do to. Help me take this next step at the next level. And how do you block all of that out? It's easy. At, after being at, kicked out of Utah State, like I said, I've just been a lot mentally strong, and it's just it's just easy. Once you once you set your mind on something and you're just going all in for it, it's easy to block all the distractions out. That's one thing I I talked to your brother about. Is I told him like look look at you and see like. I said, do you see all the people, all the hangers on coming out of nowhere now? Trying? He's, like, nowhere, he's like, oh, definitely, I Back see it. Back then, they didn't want me. Yeah. Now I'm hot. They all love me. People Mike Jones. People I haven't since high school just coming yeah. out of nowhere, but that's just how it is. Or what about cousins that you didn't know you had? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know you were my cousin. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, all right, so your agent's out of Vegas, right? No, he. Well, I have one of them's in Vegas. Uh, his name is, but my main agent, he's in. He's Peter Schaefer. His name's Peter Schaefer. Okay, so as far as the draft and the process, you don't know where you might be until everything, you know, all the interviews. Mm-hmm. After and the, the pro workouts. day and stuff. Right. After pro day, then we'll really get a really get a, a, 
good look of where I'm going to go. So have you heard anything through the pipeline about they might want you to change positions or they want you at a set position or? Mm, not yet, not yet. I think most, I'm going to be an interior lineman. I think that's where a lot of people uh, like me at because they know I'm nasty. I can I can get aggressive in the trench. You got to be nasty in the trench. Oh, we didn't say you're all, yeah, let everybody know you're offensive lineman. Yeah, <laughs> offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman, but. Uh, it gets real in them chances, man. That's where, it's like a car crash every play. We're not like the prima donna receivers. We're not like the quarterback. <laughs> they get to drop back and just throw the ball. Like we actually, it's a grind full time. So uh, I think they like how nasty I am, how aggressive I am. Um, I do like to talk a little mess. That's just part of the game. Um, and then like another big part, I, they like to see me in open field. I'm pretty athletic for my size, so they like that as well. So being with that, like you just said, you guys don't really get all the glory, but mm-hmm. you guys are in there doing the dirty work mm-hmm. that no one really sees, oh, that play was able to happen because yeah. of what you guys did on the Most inside. Do, does that ever get to you in your head? Like, man, I make you who you are. I'm the nah. one who, you know. No, nah, not really. Nah. At first in high school, I kind of want to be the guy I want to be in glory. But as you get older, man, you just know. And your running backs will always tell you, the, the quarterbacks will always tell you, like, we're not nothing without you. And if your running back has a big uh, game on the ground, like a big rushing game, everyone's going to know, oh, he has a good offensive line as well. So at the end of the day, like, people people know, the people that really know football, they know. Mm-hmm. And then your running backs know or your quarterbacks know. Or If you didn't have a good offensive line, I mean, like, the quarterback's not going to get the ball to your receiver. So they all know. So, no, I don't let it get to me. I remember working at ESPN game – up in Utah State like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And at kickoff, it was four degrees, and it got even colder after that. Mm. And they're late time games. Is it good for an NFL prospect to play in miserable, horrible, cold weather? Um, do teams like Green Bay and Chicago eye those types of talents that can handle that cold? Because you got to be a special player yeah, to play in that weather. It's brutal. It does, it does get cold, and I think – uh, they kind of look at it, but I don't think they look at it too much. But like you said, it's just part of the game. You got to be able to block out the distraction. It's uh, to me, I don't ever. It's just a distraction. Yeah, it, it doesn't get well, into your. Me, no, I, well, like, I've never because you see when it gets really cold, you see like receivers or you see quarterbacks or have these big coats. Or yeah, they have you guys long are shirtless. Sleeves. Yeah, yeah. For me, when is that? Whenever I have a cold game, I have just a tank top under my pads. Like I don't. I don't let it get to me. I'm here to play the game. I don't. It's kind of weird. See, that's yeah, a I say special it. type of yeah. players. <laughs> you wear deodorant and shower and stuff because I've heard <laughs> I've, I've heard stories of linemen that piss themselves and don't oh, wipe see, no, themselves. I'm not doing all that. That's <laughs> what happens in the league. You play dirty, though. but you ain't dirty. <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. You prepared to play against NFL guys that don't do that? Oh uh, yeah, I am. Uh, You're a better man than me. Uh, <laughs> like okay, so. What have you ever gotten like pregame jitters like Rodney Hood where he gets the? Oh yeah, the... all the time. I get <laughs> I get a little bit of jitters all the time. But once no, you no, get... no. But where he has to go number two. Oh no, 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 not, not like that. <laughs> not like that. I just get a little anxious, get a little butterflies in my stomach. But nothing like you have to go to the bathroom or nothing. It's yeah, just, that's, yeah that's him just a couple like, times. I'm like Rodney Hood. Man. I just, uh, I just <laughs> no, got the bubble because they've had yeah. to take him out of the starting lineup. Like that's what everyone's oh, that like. Bad? Yeah, no, oh, it's happened a couple times where Rodney Hood has been in the starting oh, lineup. This might not be the sport, and then man. yeah, Donovan Donovan Mitchell had to go in one time. He was like, what? Like no, because he had to go number two. So Donovan Mitchell again thing. Thank Hood for his meteoric rise. Yeah, why you was back there taking a dump. I'm out here balling. Yeah, because everybody's like, what happened? He was on the starting lineup. Since we're on the topic, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, no. <laughs> why, why don't you football players run to the restroom and go to the bathroom instead of using sidelines and all this? It really bothers me as a broadcaster. <laughs> Why? Because you have to move away from y'all it? Y'all peeing on his cables and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Utah State, they got these troughs that go around the field. Do and, they? Yeah, and the players duck out and pee into the trough. But that's where we throw our cables down. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're wrapping your cables up at the end of the night, they're... You got tie no, shot I don't wrap those pee. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I make people wrap those. But the only team that I see that does the bathroom experience right on a football team is Oregon. They bring an inflatable porta potty. Really? Because well, they have the money to do that. Yeah. yeah, they're backed by Nike. Nike. But why Nike do you, why do you guys it. not run to the restroom? Why do you guys have people circle around with coats and go? It's just too much work to run to the restroom, man. That's super old school. It's too much work. Too much. Don't, don't, no one has time for that. What if they need you for the next exactly. play? What if we're on defense and then we get a turnover? Where's Tashana at? Oh, he's in the bathroom. So In this big game, Tyson. So with the you weren't seen. Where were you? With yeah. the millions and millions of dollars, shouldn't these teams be given inflatable toilets, or shouldn't? Is it because it's got <laughs> this? Really bugs you, doesn't it? It, it does. pisses me off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Gatorade bottles, and they don't they don't understand that we're not in their experience. Our experience is totally different, and yet we're there to accommodate anything we can in terms of safety and stuff. But when you get your cables pissed on or thrown up on <laughs> like i was up in oregon at the end of the year and this guy's throwing up on our cables mm. and i looked at him i said move and he goes i'm sick and i was like <laughs> i don't care <laughs> and, and i had empathy somewhere in my soul for this man that's throwing up mm-hmm. but in my core i was really angry at him <laughs> <laughs> and you football players don't oh, care so remember yeah. that it's, next time you go yeah. pee on the sideline <laughs> like, totally- cables right here totally forgot the question that i was about to ask my dad like that really threw me i know this is probably going too far but since you have the capability of moving left and right why can't you guys just avoid the cable oh you mean like Like the replacement no i mean like point your thing away from the cable not thing well yeah i don't i don't know why other players do that i me personally, I'm a little bit You're more generous. Yeah. You're respectful. If I see a cord, I'll get away from it. I'm not so, going to throw up on your cords. Like, you go yeah. to the trash can. And throw now he'll, he'll, man, he'll go direct, like, literally out of his way from now on. <laughs> yeah. So, in different positions, different sports, you got a quarterback, wide receivers, mm-hmm. shooting guards, who a quarterback may have missed a pass or point guard missed a bunch of shots. So, do you sit up at night and think, like, if you gave up a sack or, you know, defense got in through on oh. a draw play or something like that? Most definitely. I hate it, man. I don't want to give up no pressures. I've given up one sack in my four years of college football, and that was my last year. And wow. I was pissed about it. I was pissed about it. I couldn't I couldn't even sleep. Like, we, we barely lost the game, but I was more mad that I gave up a sack than we lost the game, like. So I wanted to go the whole four years not giving up a sack. But, yeah, whenever I get beat or whenever I get something that I know I should have done that I didn't do, I'm pissed about it for sure. So the what's the what's what do you look forward to the most about being selected by a team? Even if you don't get drafted, let's say you get picked up on mm-hmm. a free agent, what do you look forward to the most showing up on campus at an NFL organization? Man, just showing them what I'm about, showing them that I, I think I, I believe, I don't think, I believe that I do belong here. And um, like I said 
I'm actually living out my dream. And so I'm that's what I look more forward to the most. So walk us through for someone who may be listening and their ultimate goal is to get to the NFL. What do they need to do? What do you do after college? Do you seek out an agent? Do they seek you out? What What's the steps that you take to get to where you're at today? Well, um, it just depends how much you do. Like I've I've been blessed because I have a I have a couple of guys that are friends that I played with at Utah State that are already in the NFL, so they were able to re, uh, put my name out and give me a couple of agents. So, but um, what really you just need to work hard, man. You agent or not, you might not be able to get an agent. Most of the time, you can you can find the agents that are signed you, but after you. you after you pick up an agent, uh, you just need to work hard. You just need to grind. You need to put everything to the side. And if you really want it, just focus on it and go get it. What about, like, your diet? What are you eating right now? How Same are you thing. training? I got meal preps. Meal preps. I got hooked up with some meal preps. You uh, eat all day, don't you? Uh, I eat about five, six times a day. How much do you weigh? Uh, about 305. And you're, what, 6'5"? 6'5". So he wait. does not look like three. So, so you don't want these? Yeah, I'm on Weight Watchers. He's a you don't want three oh five? Really? Yeah, I he's a giant man. I thought he was like two. Well, that's no, not he's for a me. Giant man. For me to say two seventy because I'm two seventy. Oh, yeah, just that makes me people, feel bad. A lot of people underest or underguess my weight. So how much do you have to gain then? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm about to stay about right here, three oh five to three ten. So you're gonna be a light on the NFL line. I'll be. Yeah, I'll, I'll be average. I'll be about average. Line. Was it what about? Have they come down from the three fifteen, three twenties that were going on a couple years ago? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's still some guys up there that are three fifteen, three twenty. What's but... Jason Peters, Brittany? Let's see what Jason. Let's see what Jason Peters is. What? Where's Jason Peters play? So, what do you do with padding? Um, the whole thing with CTE and protecting hips and knees. Are you going to be wearing extra pads? Are you going to wear um, the things that they put on their knees? Oh yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've I love the knee braces. Uh-huh. I, he's college, playing tonight in the Super Bowl. Three twenty-eight. Oh, yeah, see, he's three twenty-eight. Three twenty-eight. He's only six four. Six four. Three twenty-eight. So yeah, especially with the big D lineman, you got to be, you got to get that weight up. Wait, how he's, tall are you? Six five. Six five. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, going back to your question with the pads, I'm just regular pads in my pants, mm-hmm. but I I do believe I will wear knee braces still. Uh, probably a lighter version that. I do it in college just so I can move around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I'm well, that's one thing. I'm too nervous not to wear knee braces because especially you're blocking. You don't know who's behind you. And they you chop. Get rolled yeah, up. Exactly. people like to chop, exactly. especially if you make someone look bad. And I've had a couple times where if I didn't have a knee brace, my knee would have been gone. So I just like playing with them. Back to money. Um <laughs> Because, well, I mean, it's interesting because Migos was on Breakfast Club and they were talking about how they have a business manager, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to have things. The Migos set, have right. a business manager? Yeah, they have a, they, hey, they're smarter. Yeah, I, I was listening to the Breakfast that. Club and uh, Offset was like, I had to get Cardi B straight because she didn't have anybody in her he corner. Did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay, so going star. back to that, <laughs> um, I just want to know, because to me it's interesting, especially playing in the NFL, because your money's not guaranteed. Do you already have a game plan for, okay, when I get into the NFL, I got to do this X, Y, and Z to be smart about my money? Yeah, for sure. We, when you're on that rookie contract, especially if you don't get drafted, you're not getting, like, the first-round draft pick. He's guaranteed a mil- couple million dollars. Like, if you go un- unrestricted free agent, you don't get that amount of money. So, of course, you got to be – you can't just get in the league and start balling, buy a house, buy a car. Like, you got to budget it. You got to be – Y'all be smart with your money. His league minimum is four fifty. Mm-hmm. Four fifty. That's four fifty. 
Yeah, that's, that's before taxes. That's pre-tax, yeah. uh, pre-agent, yeah. 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 loans, expenses. Yeah. yeah. That's why you hear that about, a lot of nowadays you hear about ex athletes going like they're yeah. broke or their debt is because they didn't do what they needed to do. They got right in the league, started spending. Yeah, and I didn't understand that at first. And you talk um like I was watching ESPN like their thirty for thirty one time. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah, and you have all the like these old basketball players saying they went broke mm-hmm. real fast and their money's guaranteed exactly. because their they got guaranteed. in the league and they had people, Oh, you need a suit. I got a friend or who tailors suits. Yeah, yeah start like businesses. yeah, and starting businesses and investing in things because people are coming out the woodworks mm-hmm. hey i got this thing you should invest in and it flops yeah, and you know okay. you're not really doing your research but let me tell you this tyshawn has already got it set he i won't say it right now but he already told me what he wants to do business-wise mm-hmm. so i'm gonna be climbing the board on that we'll be good yeah <laughs> I got plans. I got plans. that's good yeah. no but that's yeah. important people need to have plans mm-hmm. especially for these younger guys coming up who think they're just about to like you said get in and start balling, buy mm-hmm. cars, buy them on my house and do this and all that, you know, mm-hmm. that that could be in your plan, but you got a budget. Exactly. You're not going to be able to get there and buy your mom a house or buy your mom a brand new car on your rookie contract. Yeah. Like, or Bentley. The, or Bentley. Yeah. Everyone who does buy their parents' houses or cars, they're, they're on their, what, fourth, Six, fifth, right? sixth, seventh yeah. year. Like, Yeah. It takes so time. It takes time for sure. You just got to trust the process and you stick with it. Then at, at the end of the day, you'll be able to do all that stuff. But why football for you? I love it. I love it. I get to hurt people without getting in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I should have went into football. I know, right? (laughs) I love it. You like the contact, though? You like waking up on Mondays and not moving well? Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. That's what rehab's for. You don't sleep with like a heating pad, icy nah, hot. You're going to be nah. Shaq doing the icy hot commercials. That's one. If you take care of your body, you're good. You won't be that sore. But like after, because going from high school games, I was kind of sore. Then going when I got to the college game, uh, after those games, okay, I was like, okay, this is a little bit more contact, a little bit more sore. But And I know the NFL is going to be even more sore because grown men out there. Yeah. It's physical. But if you take care of your body, then you'll be good. You tripping. I'm not having no 300-pound men running – Knocking me over and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but I do want to play well, in the NFL. I, I just want to be—I do. I want to be the kicker. You'd oh, still boy. catch it, Brittany. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you got to be the first one down the field on the kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who's your favorite team? NFL team? The Pittsburgh Steelers. They've always been my team, right there. Why? Because uh, growing up, when I really started watching football on TV, uh, I lived in Arizona at the time with my grandma. And she was a she's a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. She has a room in her house, just straight Pittsburgh Steelers stuff. And so when we started watching football with like on TV when I did, I was young. Um, I started watching football with her, so that's it just stuck with me. Please, 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 I beg of you, do not get drafted by the Steelers. <laughs> At oh, Browns, right? Cleveland? That's oh, <laughs> my wife my Tangy is a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. And it's bad enough. There's three her. articles of clothing that I have to wear from time to time. That are Steelers. You know how much, I would be for I would have to wear Yeah, you have to for sure. I'll make you wear something. Oh, man. <laughs> you got to support it. <laughs> <laughs> so who, as an offensive lineman, like you said, they're not flashy. Mm-hmm. They're not on posters or have shoes. But who do you look up to or who do you want to patent yourself after? Or are you like a hybrid? Like you said, you're on the lighter side and more athletic. Are you a hybrid or are there people I'm that? A, yeah, I'm a little bit more on the athletic side. But one one offensive lineman in the NFL, I've always looked up, who's uh, Lil Collins, plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He's, man, he's a beast on the field. He's real athletic. He's aggressive. He talks trash. He, and he gets the job done. He just sets the, he sets the standard of what it takes to beat offensive linemen in the NFL. So I've always looked up to him. I try to watch his film and – 
that's why that's why I'm trying to be like. When did you go from just playing the game to being a real student of the game? Uh, college for sure, college. Because in high school, yeah, we watched a little bit of film, but you don't really know how to watch film. When you get to college, it's everyone is the best from their high school. It's not you can't just go out there and you got to put in work. You got to watch film. You got to watch your, uh, the player you're playing against. You got to watch his tendencies. You got to look at his weaknesses, and so. That's where I really learned was going into college. Is you gotta you gotta look at film just as much as you're playing the game. Is it hard to when from when you first you know start because you like you said you're not really watching film and studying film and studying the game. How long did it take? Oh you yeah, to it was really real, it was really hard. That's because when I first got up there, especially as an offensive lineman, it's hard to play up there as a true freshman. And I think that register freshman year really helped me because I got to learn from all the older guys that were up there. They taught me a lot. Uh, uh, the coaches taught me a lot, and that's one thing I always told myself: um, you got to be coachable. If you want to be good, you want to go far. You got to be coachable. And I've been blessed, and I've had a good opportunity of meeting a lot of people that know this game and that have gone like to the NFL level. So I just try to take as much information as I can. Whatever they tell me, I just got to take it in. In the colleges you played at, and the conferences you played at, mm-hmm. the stadiums are a bit smaller than Notre Dame, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. How do you intellectually prepare yourself for stepping onto a field where there's going to be 75, 85,000 people? Well, actually, my first game I ever played in at Utah State was at the University of Tennessee. So I'll be ready. I, I played in that, and that was sold out because you know how that Yeah, yeah. They I'm love their football. State, I'm trying to think if that was before or after the – the expansion it was no expansion. it was after it was after, after. so it was about it was almost an 80 90 so how do you come uh, back from that game let's change the question to reverse how do you come back from your first collegiate game to playing in a big sky conference it was tough it was yeah. tough but like i said you can't let all that noise distract you like you're still out there you need to play the game at the end of the day you're not out there trying to look good for the fans I was out there trying to put good film on tape so scouts can look at me. So I don't really – that doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really bother you, me You never all. just for a moment just look up and see where you're at? Well, obviously, yeah, yeah you do. Like, you look up on the sideline yeah. and see that no one's there. But who cares? <laughs> 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 but I didn't really care, man. I really didn't care, man. I was just blessed to see What a neat experience game. you're about to have, though. No, um, I'm excited for sure. Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, – when did Wayne graduate? Is he young? Is he younger? Is he 2012, 2012, 13. I graduated 2013. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember Wayne being at the game? Wayne he, Thompson Jr. Yeah, Wayne he's Thompson. like a. Do you know who that is? Of course he doesn't. No one no. in Utah State. Does. <laughs> I thought everyone knew Hollywood. I know. That's, he's yeah, that's a morning the host Holly, for yeah. 97.1 ZHT. Okay. But yeah. It's different demographics. Grown men aren't listening to top 40 stations. So. No, I wasn't going to ask. I'm a grown that. man. I, I go ask, by there every yeah. now and then. <laughs> no, I was nice. going to just see if you know you ever saw him in the stands because he's like, woo! Aggies, like he's yeah, the he loves Aggies. Aggies. probably yeah. there all the time. While I was there. <laughs> real quick, real quick, when you were playing at Tennessee, what was it like going against those SEC guys? Boy, boy, that's when I knew I was like, okay, this ain't no high school no more. I can't just bully people. Like this is real. I got to get right because that was my first game as a registered freshman, and I played played a good amount in that game. I wrote, I didn't start, but I rotated in, and it was just a different level of competition. Was it more exciting? Because I remember the first time I played a pack. 10 opponent. Yeah, no, that was... It, it was, was like, wow, I know I'm going to get my ass kicked, but I'm so excited <laughs> to get my ass kicked. No, but, man, I don't ever think I'm going to get my ass kicked, yeah. no matter who I'm going against. So it was, I was, it was a real good opportunity to get out there and play with some of the best people in the nation. Because, mm-hmm. of course, that's SEC. I believe SEC is the best, the best uh, di- or conference in college football. Ooh. And 
I agree. I, I, you have to. You get you. They got that ESPN money, that Disney money. Yeah. They so just, does BYU. They, they, BYU they have, no they have ESPN players. money, don't yeah, they? They go into the football team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so best college coach right now, and then best NFL He's coach. He's going to say right the Portland now. State. My best college coach? No, no, not no, your who, best. Oh, my, like, who is who, the best college coach D1. coaching right now? D1. D1. You gotta go that man in Alabama. Gotta go Nick Saban. Okay. Uh NFL. Look at his history record. NFL. As much as I don't wanna say Don't say it, Belichick. As much as I don't wanna say <laughs> Cheat it, to win. Man, yes. You gotta go him. Look at look, Cheat just the look day. at it. Look what they've been through. They're, if he was that good, what happened in Cleveland? Ball. That's all I want to know. You're still learning. Yeah, you still I don't at 47? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. Trust Tom the Brady. process. He <laughs> but he also didn't have Tom Brady in Cleveland either. So. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't Illuminati either. Oh, oh God. Oh, crowd, here we go. You know? Here we go. The Illuminati. Oh. So when we were talking to Tracy Murray, I saw you, you know, bobbing your head a little bit. Uh, it seemed like in agreement with him when we were talking about uh, Tom Brady versus Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on you know? Can you compare the two? Can't you can't? I uh, just with whenever the people try to do that, I, I sit back and I you got to respect the greatness. We were witnessing greatness. Michael, I didn't obviously I didn't get to see Michael Jordan, but I, you know how great of a player he is. But I've got to see Tom Brady, and he's he's great. I think he's, there's he's a couple great. of things that you can even though I don't like him, but he's great to an Olympian athlete to an NFL player is competitiveness, mm-hmm. uh, work ethic, mm-hmm. and the amount of time they're willing to prep. Well, Tom, great. Like, that's why that's why uh, Mitchell Look, is such a good rookie. He's a crybaby. Brady Who? is a crybaby. Anytime he gets he is, touched. He is, he is. Anytime he gets touched, he's whining to the ref. LeBron James. Him. That's his job. Yeah. Yeah. You build sympathy for the refs. <laughs> LeBron for a series on <laughs> a game, a lifetime. No one's listening to me. Going back to LeBron. No one's listening to me. He don't ever get called yeah, for his foul. He shouldn't. You see how big he Man, is? See, that's I, I don't like that. Not, Shaq just was the same way. Shaq never got fouls called on him. Just don't matter how big he is. He can still get fouls. And he's not that big. like me. Who? Pushing you right now. Okay, and that's James. still a foul. No, LeBron, it's not. Because <laughs> you are LeBron, he may have. All right, so LeBron He's may have skinny. lost weight. At one point, LeBron was 6'8", 200 and... Like 50, 60. No, more than that. More than like that? 280. 275, Oof. 280. He wasn't that big this year. He's, no, not this he's, year. No, Probably a couple years ago. So imagine a grown man at 6'8", and fast still. <laughs> To a, who's taking the charge? I know why kids don't take charges no more. The Marcus Cousins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go hang it out the way of this freight train. Mm-hmm. You never thought about playing basketball? I did, man, but I wasn't tall enough. I'm like an NBA. You're too wide, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had to have been like Barkley. See, I been play, Barkley. I could, I, I could play ball. Don't, yeah, uh-huh. I could play ball for sure. Water so polo, my, volleyball, any of those no. Olympic sports? No. <laughs> no. But I, I have good. That's where I got my good footwork from is playing basketball. And if I was – if I got blessed with a height like my brother, probably wouldn't be playing football. His brother's going to be a beast. All right, I got, I got a question for you. What do you think about incorporating yoga, ballet into your off-season routine for footwork? I can help you with that. That would work because yoga always uh, – oh, 
Hold up, hold up before you answer. First of all, I was a ballerina, so don't make me pull out the videos. I was smaller. What, please, 28 do. years ago? I, I know. All the way up to I was 21. Thank you very much. You I was were a professional. At the time. All the way up till I was. I was a dancer since I was three years old. Don't make me pull out the DVDs and the VHS tapes. And I was a competition dancer, ballet, jazz, hip hop, tap, and lyrical. So, 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 so cut, his mic, cut his mic off. Uh, so if you need, if you need someone to help you with some ballet, I know I'm a little bigger, but I got you. Are we talking about the rec center? <laughs> uh, no, we're a talking about competition. Yes, dance company, Oceanside Dance Academy. Is this Thank a VHS you. tape? They're VHS and DVD. <laughs> Uh huh. Oh, don't don't try to play, play me. This is the first time I've heard don't of Don't make me bust out some pirouettes right now. <laughs> all right, in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. I, I got you. Don't see. Yeah. So, don't all right, I know you've thought about this. Your brother's probably said something to you. You get drafted. No, was it two days or three days? The draft. The draft. The three draft. Days. Three days. Are you going to cry? <laughs> Of course he is. That's probably, yeah, I probably yeah. really, those be some. You gotta hold it in until later. Nah, Get that's calls. a life changing some, opportunity. I have amount of work you didn't put in, and to finally hear your name called and see your dreams come true. It's and his mom's gonna cry first, and that's oh, what's yeah. gonna break that's him. Yeah, uh huh. And Party. his brother and his sisters mm-hmm. and it's grandma because <laughs> you know. Nah, so do you have a place picked out? Yeah. Are you gonna do it at the house? Probably just here, yeah. Nothing too big. Just with the with film, the with the camera there, and they can show everybody <laughs> on the couch. You sitting on the floor in front of the television. Yeah, I'll just keep it here with the fam. Just oh keep it man, out here, can yeah. I get an invite? Oh, you can be able to come through most definitely. And you know, you invited. My wife has some stealer stuff on, so I oh, make her sit sure. in the car. <laughs> but that wouldn't that be just a dream come true if you yeah. got drafted, that especially for the Steelers, mm-hmm. the team that you love, yeah. that your grandmother, you know, loves mm-hmm. just because that history there. Yeah, that that'd be, be dope. That would be a dream come true for sure. And just like, to get in. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you starting to cry right now? No, oh, it sounded like your voice was cracking up. <laughs> Man, don't fail me. <laughs> oh. And you know, I know this is going left field, but your nails look good. Do you go get them done? No, I just take care of them. I just take care of them. You got to take care of your body, man. That's Glo- good. Gloves or no take, gloves? Yeah. Oh, gloves for sure. That's why my hands look good. Really? Yeah. I can't play without no gloves. You lift weights with gloves too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. not I don't lift weights with gloves. I just really? play with gloves. I just play with gloves. So, is there any endorsement that you would not take? <laughs> no, not really. So, not name brand. All right, let's forget the name CLS, brand. CLS, okay. Viagra, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> No 20, early 20s man <laughs> to be taken and enhancement. Yeah, yeah. So something like uh, medicated uh, butt napkin. What? What? See, what even is that? Like, like, he's like, never coming on this podcast again. We're talking about being on the I mean, field, like, butt napkins. Like, Hey, these Tux. are important questions yeah. you ask football yeah. players. He's gonna have to. These are things people are gonna come at him like Tuck's medicated pad or, <laughs> or like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So is there something you'd be like? Uh, not at this time. Yeah, there probably is stuff out like what, what you just <laughs> said. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course, there's gonna be stuff like that, man. I just, these are the things I think about. Like yeah. I don't think about the big things. I think about the little the things. small what, things that are gonna come yeah, after you. Like, yeah. Would I accept? <laughs> Huh. I would. Hmm. I need the money. I'd be like, like H&M, <laughs> butt napkins. Like if H and M came to you, like, hey, what if they said we just want you to put on this oh, no. King of the Jungle yeah, shirt real no. quick? H and M can get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
So <laughs> as we wrap up here, <laughs> what is outside of finances? Mm-hmm. What is one thing you want to get out of the NFL for yourself? Mm-hmm. Prove that I can be there. I belong mm-hmm. to be there, and just put me in a position to take care of my family. That's that's really what I want to do right now, and to just show people from because, like I said, you don't. We don't get looked out here a lot in Utah. Just show people, no matter where you're from, man. If you keep go, if you keep going, if you keep pushing, no matter what happens, because you're gonna go through a lot of stuff. You're gonna go through struggles. You're gonna go through trials and triumphs. But if you just keep going and keep your mind to it, you can make it. No matter who you are, or where you're from. You want to coach down the right. road? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do after. Because I feel like I know a lot of the game right now. Because I like to be, I'm a coachable person. I'm a student of the game. I like to take all the knowledge I can, and. Whenever that time is done, I'm done playing football. Um, I would like to give back and help people get into the same position that I am. Uh, it's a remarkable story. Um, it very easily could have been that you never played football again. Easily. A- again. Mm-hmm. And it takes a real grown man to look at themselves in the mirror and their family and their ex-teammates and be like, wow, it's time for me to move on and get better and leave that behind. So that's off to you because very few people do that. Like I've watched it. I've experienced it. No, it was yeah. hard for sure, but like you said, I had my family. They got me. Family was there. They were they were my rock through the whole thing, and I would not be anywhere today without my family. So, so you know how us in the media we like to give someone a story, mm-hmm. like uh, we like to give someone a headline, something that they, you story. know, yeah, <laughs> either whatever the case may be, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know, just yeah. help. We call it helping you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh, what yeah. what would your headline be of who you are if you could if someone came into you a tv network and said we want to follow your journey we want to do a story on you you pick the title what would you title it uh, it's kind of pretty generic but i would just say the comeback kid because i came back from a lot not a lot, after i got kicked out of utah state there was a lot of people that i think i was gonna be able to still be in the shoes i am today so said you just got to block out all that outside noise and you got to focus on the things you need to do and i just came back so are you going to be at the in is it indianapolis at the combine i don't think i'll get there i don't think unfortunately not so you'll do the one of the I'll individuals do, I'll do, yeah i'll do my pro day that's march 14th at portland state so i'll fly out there like a day before and then go do that pro day and then probably just come back out here and continue training and just Wait, wait for the draft. So they do like the NBA and do the invites and bring you in and do one on one and stuff like that. Yeah, they do that. They do do that. Yeah. They, but that's probably, I think that's after because you have to meet with doctors and they do yeah, a bunch the, of the physical all that stuff. Yeah, mental evaluations mm-hmm. and yeah, it's kind of it is a process is it, for sure. I bet it's got to be weird, like um, poked and prodded. And, yeah, and just made to feel like a piece of meat or you know as a physical body exactly. as opposed to you know a human being, but. That's part of the struggle, so, I guess. Exactly. You got to overcome gotta it. it. You can't exactly. be embarrassed. Yeah. Get that old it. prostate checked. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I can't with y'all today. I just can't. Anyway, uh, do any of y'all have any more questions, comments? Well, any- I, uh, I'm excited. Like, I'm, like this, he isn't jokes. even my – I'm about to make myself feel old, but he is, isn't even my son, and I'm excited for him, and I can't wait. To see how everything turns out. However it turns out, mm-hmm. I'm behind you. You got plenty Appreciate of people that. behind you. Appreciate and that, man. We got you 100%, man. You didn't have me last week 100% because 
But now you got me 100%. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> now I'm supporting you. I appreciate that, for real. I appreciate so, that. So, no, you got us. So, that's dope. And I'm very proud of your story and your accomplishments, honestly, and what, you know, you have done because it's it's a great story. Thank you. Come Thank back, you. kid. Most definitely. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on this show, man. It was fun. I had some fun. <laughs> where can I apologize. People, <laughs> you know, I apologize. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram, TyMosley71, T-Y-M-O-S-L-E-Y 71. Uh, my Twitter is TyShawnMosley72. Uh, Why 7172? Because I made that in high school. My Twitter name. I made, <laughs> I made my Twitter name in high school, and I, you can't, you know, you can't change your Twitter name. And then when I went to Portland State, I had to change my number to seventy one. So that's why there's two different ones. Got you. But you can't change your Twitter name, so it's whatever. But I wasn't gonna delete my Twitter and make a new one because <laughs> you had a it's bunch of followers already. No, uh-huh. I don't even have yeah, that. I don't have that uh-huh. much. But <laughs> it's just, I'm not gonna make a new one. It's all good. I'd get rid of it if I were you going into the NFL. <laughs> Don't listen to Sasha. No, because they got they got these little nerds they hire on NFL teams to go through every single tweet. Oh, Have oh, you cleared yeah. up your tweets yeah. yet and yeah. all that? I don't yeah. I don't tweet nothing like that. Yeah, I keep good. it pretty good. Don't be despite your feelings, don't be tweeting nothing political. Oh yeah. Oh, I, no. I stay out. You're gonna be like Jamel Hill. No, I mm-hmm. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> See, man, they did her wrong too, man. Nah, but uh again, thank you so much for coming. Appreciate your time. Uh, that's it for us. Dropping dimes. Find us on utahpodcastnetwork.com. Subscribe. Google Play, Stitcher. You better subscribe now or else I'm going to beat you up. I will for sure. All right. I that's it. Find you. find me on uh, Instagram. I need more followers. Brittany Renee TV. Cedric. Hooping in the Hive. Instagram. And what's the other one? Twitter. Facebook. Do you Name even it. have I'm a Twitter? Like hooping in the I do hive. have a. Yeah, Hooping in the Hive. Everything is Hooping in the Hive. All over social media. YouTube. Uh, what's Square? Or... Uh, Snapchat. You getting old? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) The stick the stick the Instagram. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right. Song of the day is uh, Swell Merchants, Concise Kilgore. Any of you guys who got friends that are in hip hop or music in Salt Lake City, send me your songs. I will play them. I don't want tons of dirty language. Like I don't mind playing a little bit, but you can't go nuts here because we got Brittany Johnson on ABC Four and. Hit me in my um, I don't DMs. want to be yelled at by your boss. So. Uh, my DMs pretty empty lately. Hit yeah, me in my are. DMs with those. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Mills when I'm on that rush. Uh, it's been a long time. I should have left you knowing there's a bigger plane for me to step to. But niggas right here ain't thinking about step two. But that's cool. I can give it them in the next move. It's been a long time. I should have left you knowing there's a bigger plane for me to step to. But niggas right here ain't thinking about step two.
you could have broke got this on lock Walked in the building, smelling like hot Shared with the guard in the parking lot So to make sure we ain't worried about cops Niggas say this and that, that's cool Without no mood, my nigga, that's all You ain't got the juice like that, just stop How I make the taste like that, that's all Worldwide, but I know we hurdle Picking up the pace, now I'm clearing hurdles Kept the car tight, the fucking girdle Stacking up the wins, that's fucking plural Stop lingering, that's a fucking widow Don't watch me, you better watch some Hulu imitators Ain't nothing we ain't used to, couldn't grasp the blueprint if I gave it to you uh, It's been a long time, I should've left you Knowing there's a bigger plane for me to step to But niggas round here ain't thinking about step two But that's cool